Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. 6.30 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 6.30 Chad. on your favorite teams. This is Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Brought to you by James H. Brown and Associates, Alberta Injury Lawyers, the heavy hitters of injury law. Might have to put some Derek Ryan goals in that intro. We have a lot to choose from all of a sudden. Here's what's going on in the NHL tonight. Six minutes left in the first period. Maple Leafs up 1-0 on the Capitals. Bunting has his 19th of the season. Also about six minutes left in the first. The Devils lead the Canucks 1-zip. Hughes with his 16th. Later on tonight, Shea Ganim's Boston Bruins will be visiting the Los Angeles Kings. Uh, Oilers fans, you got to cheer for Boston. That's uh, difficult for me to do. Uh, maybe some of you won't have quite the uh, same issue with it. But Los Angeles currently four points ahead of the Oilers in the Pacific Division. They have played the same number of games. The Kings have won five in a row, doing excellent lately. The uh, division standings right now, Calgary 68, LA 65, Vegas 62, Edmonton 61. The Oilers are out of a playoff spot when it comes to the tiebreaker of points percentage or fewer games played both the Oilers and Dallas at 61 points Dallas with a game in hand so they get placed into the second final wildcard spot while the Oilers at the moment are uh, placed outside with 29 games to go they will have 28 games to go after tomorrow Furnace Family Oilers hockey on 630 Chet the faceoff show at 330 the game at five game four of the Oilers five game road trip That'll be against the Philadelphia Flyers. Maybe Duncan Keith is going to play. Jay Woodcroft was on Oilers now with Bob Stoffer earlier today. He has joined the team, but uh, Woodcroft basically said, we'll see how it goes. And you could see Brad Malone in the lineup. He's been called up from the Bakersfield Condors. Also today, the Oilers pay, uh, placed Brendan Perlini on waivers. We'll find out tomorrow around 10 a.m if he gets claimed. So just some news and notes there from uh, Oil Country, and we will talk a lot of Oilers on the show tonight. Luke Gazdick is going to be on between 6.30 and 7, the former Oiler who uh, was on TV with Gene over the weekend. I believe he's doing the next two games with uh, Gene on their panel as well. It's been fun watching Luke on uh, on television. I don't always get to hear him a lot because sometimes during the intermissions we're on at the same time, but uh, enjoy chatting with him. So he's going to hop on between 6.30 and 7 to talk a little bit about the Oilers, some uh, in-game dental work. It's happened to Luke. It happened to Connor McDavid yesterday. And I believe, I, I believe Luke had an unpleasant experience or two with uh, the fans in Philadelphia who can be quite rowdy. I mean, these are the fans who uh, boo Santa Claus and throw snowballs at just about anybody. Uh, talk, I guess we're talking more Eagles stuff maybe than, <laughs> than Flyers fans, but I think Luke has had some 
interesting interactions with Flyers fans over the years. So uh, we'll get to those as we move along tonight as well. So, look, here's what's going on uh, with the Oilers. They have now played nine games under Jay Woodcroft. And they've gone six and three, which is pretty good to win two-thirds of your games. And three games, uh, I'll, I'll put it this way. I... I, I, I hesitate to say the Oilers will win or even should win these games. I, I will say in the next three games, the Oilers will be the favorite. Let's put it that way. They'll be favored against Philadelphia. They'll be favored against Chicago, and they should be favored against the Montreal Canadiens on Saturday, even though Montreal has had a uh, bit of a revival here under Marty San Louis as the, the head coach, but still a team that is well out of the playoffs despite having won five in a row. Here's the thing for Montreal. They've won five in a row. Their record is 13-33-7. and seven. If they won every single remaining game, they'd get to uh, 91 points, and they'd probably still miss the playoffs. But anyway, three games the Oilers will be the favorite in. So I will put it that way. Um, you know, I, when they changed coaches, I, I talked a lot about, okay, how how well do they have to do under Woodcroft to uh, to be in the playoffs? And, and again, so far, so good. If, if I mean, six, six wins in nine games. If they win two-thirds of their games the rest of the way, I mean, no problem. They'll they'll get a little over 100 points and they'll be in the postseason. Who knows? They might even push up into into second or third place. Not sure they could. First place is still going to be tough at this point because Calgary is seven points ahead of Edmonton. But anyway, just a little bit of context there. But but here's how I uh, here's how I look at it. With 29 games to go, the Oilers have 58 points available and they sit at 61. If you're, I think 95 is reasonable to set as a cutoff line for a, a postseason spot. I mean, it, it could be iffy, depending on how other teams do, how the Oilers do head-to-head against some of these teams. Uh, you know, they still got to play uh, Dallas, who they're tied with. They still got a game left against Nashville, still have a game left against Vegas, couple games against Calgary, couple of games against L.A., so those will be the old four-pointers. But if, if you're looking at the Oilers needing 95 points to very probably lock up a playoff spot, that means they have to get 34 out of their remaining 58 points, which is just under a 590 points percentage. And when Woodcroft took over, I said you could break it down this way for Woodcroft. They get to win three out of every five games. Uh, if they get a 600 points percentage under Woodcroft, they should be in the playoffs and they continue to be on that pace so the way i look at two of these next three I, i'm not going to sit here and say well they 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 should they have to they gotta they must win all three because i don't think it's quite that serious and i don't want to be uh, disrespectful to the opponents because the years are still nhl teams but we are getting into that part of the season where teams they know I, I you know I mean Philadelphia is what I think 20 points out of a playoff spot Mon Montreal certainly knows uh Chicago is uh, what are they now 15 points out of a playoff spot like they know they're not getting in as, and as usually as we get into March we see the performance of some of these non-playoff teams perhaps drop off a little bit perhaps they're experimenting with lineups giving younger players uh a little more of a chance so uh, keep that in mind the Oilers again, should be able to jump on some of these teams. They're playing down the stretch, and they have some tough games as well. But if I look at it, if they win two out of three games this week, they'd be eight and four under Woodcroft. They would keep up that uh, points percentage of 667, well above what they need of 600. And I think it would be a, a good 12-game section for Woodcroft since he took over from uh, Dave Tippett back on February 10th. Some some numbers, I've, I got two things here uh, numbers-wise, and, and one of them speaks very well 
of what has happened with Woodcroft as the coach, and the other remains, shall we say, a, a, an area in massive need of, a, of improvement, I think. First of all, the five versus five play. So forget about the power plays. Forget about when the goalie is pulled, all that kind of stuff. Pure 5v5 hockey, not even just even strength hockey, not four against four, 5v5. Most of the game played under these conditions. A weakness for the Oilers, really for, for quite a while, but even the last couple of years, they had a good team, but they weren't great five on five. They won a lot of games on their power play or power play, I guess, helped them win. I don't want to say it was purely the power play all the time. And I don't have a problem with that. I don't, I don't have a problem with being a good power play team, but you kind of need some five on five successes as perhaps the backbone of what you're trying to accomplish. So here's what I can tell you in nine games under Woodcroft at five on five, the Oilers have 23 goals for, and just 14 against. So plus nine, five on five. So a goal a game. On average, they've been they've been better than the opposition five on five. Before the coaching change, they'd been outscored at five on five, one hundred to eighty-eight. So they were minus twelve at five on five um, through uh, what were we at here? Forty-four games under Dave Tippett, nine games under Jay Woodcroft. They're plus nine five on five, and I think we've seen that. Uh, I think we've seen a little more uh, responsible defending. Uh, I think we've seen a little more desperation when it comes to defending. And uh, again, that's led to that goal differential, 23-4, 14 against at 5-on-5. Woodcroft was on Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer earlier today. Of course, you can get the full interview by going to Bob's show page on 630shed.com or signing up for his excellent podcast. Uh, but Woodcroft uh, talked about what he wanted to improve on the team in, in limited time. This was something when I sat on the plane uh, from California up to Edmonton. I wanted to make sure that we were simple in our messaging, that we didn't try and overcomplicate things by changing a whole bunch of different areas or whatnot. We had belief in this team. I just thought there was an area or two that, that we should put our initial emphasis on, and, and that quite frankly, has been our work back to our own zone and to try and tighten up some things uh, with our rush coverages, our, our defensive coverages, and um, just the all-out work to get back to our end and the organization that goes along with that. And I think it's important when you're in a situation that Dave and I were in when we came up to really define what was most important and provide that sense of true north of what we wanted to accomplish right off the bat and um, as I said to you earlier in this interview I, I've been nothing but impressed with our players their commitment to each other and um, their willingness to be open-minded and really work to get the job done and I've been very impressed with them Okay, so what did he say there? We, we, we had to improve our work to get back into our own zone and improve our rush coverage and some of our defensive coverage. Um, the, the, the two things in my mind, you know, go back to what I was saying, and I know some of, some of you listening would call in and say other things, and that's fine. A lot of you had great arguments that you were able to back up. But the, the two things that I saw uh, under Tippett that were becoming increasingly, increasingly negative is the the reliance on a few players. And hey, some nights the big guys have still played a lot under Woodcroft, either because of injuries being behind. I mean, Drysaddle got up to 28 minutes uh, yesterday. Now they didn't have uh, Nugent Hopkins, they didn't have Yamamoto, and obviously they were they were behind at least one goal for most of the game. Um, 
And then the other thing was they they just kept giving up odd man rush after odd man rush. And often, Craig McTavish talked about it about two and a half weeks ago on this show, they, they often were not doing something that's kind of, to me, one of the basics that gets taught to, to hockey players, that the third man high in the offensive zone and teams were breaking out quickly and the Oilers were giving up odd man rushes. So I think... Uh, you know, the ice time is, is one thing. We'll, we'll see how it goes. We'll see how he coaches when they get behind in games, if, if that keeps happening. Um, but they they are defending better. They are giving up fewer odd man opportunities. It's not perfect. And yes, everybody, I saw the shot clock on Saturday. I'm not ignoring the Florida game. Uh, Florida's good, and they, they took it to the Oilers, but Koskinen and Derek Ryan stole it. But I, I do think there's been more, a little more desperation when it comes to defending uh, a little more, even if you're not in a great spot, getting a stick in the way, d- doing something desperate to try to disrupt the pass, take away a passing lane. So all those kind of things, uh, I think, have been pretty good. Now, the, the negative, the thing that still needs work is the penalty kill. And since Woodcroft took over, the penalty kill is 75%. That's poor. For the season, it's 76.4%. That's poor, especially when you consider for about the first quarter of this year, it was, it was up around 85% or a little higher. Uh, so th- this has hurt the Oilers. They're, they're giving up a power play goal almost every game. Sometimes they give up two. They lost 2-1 yesterday, and they were even up five on five. Carolina, what turned out to be the winner, got it on the power play. And uh, Woodcroft recognizes they got to improve the PK. I think we can improve, certainly. We began to adjust some small things as we move forward. I do believe some good practice time on it will help us. Uh, we brought in Brad Malone, who can play on the penalty kill up front. Uh, but we can certainly address that area. We can help ourselves by not taking as many penalties and specifically uh, not as many ozone penalties. Uh, so there's things there that we, we can help with, but uh, certainly an area that we're going to work on as we move forward here. Yeah, and Brad Malone might have to jump in tomorrow and play. Again, don't expect Nugent Hopkins to play tomorrow. We'll see about Yamamoto. And uh, as Woodcroft also told Bob, maybe Duncan Keith. If not, I assume we're going to see him in Chicago for sure. So what do you think? Uh, is is my points projection realistic? Or, or do you think they're going to need more? Or is it all going to come down to the head, head-to-head games against Dallas, L.A., and, and teams like that? And are we seeing trends that the Edmonton Oilers can continue to achieve, at least the positive ones? And then I guess the, the thing to do that is, is can they do it night after night if they're out w- without Nuge for a while? Because that throws a wrench into a lot of different things. The hotline is powered by CertainTeed, professional-grade building materials. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. 7804960063. 7804960063. I believe we already got a guy or two standing by. We'll get right to you when we get back to Inside Sports. You're home for all the news and expert opinion. Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on 630 Chad. All right, thanks for tuning in tonight. 7804960063 is the open line number. Don't forget we have Luke Gazdick coming up in the next half hour of the show as well. Cam has called in tonight. Cam, go ahead, please. 
quick question for you, Reed. The hypothetical a little bit. At the end of the year, do you think they will get rid of both goalies? Like uh, Smith's got uh, a little bit of age up there, and he's got one year on his contract. Koskinen is four mil backup. Well, actually, both backup goalies. Would they start fresh and get something new, you think, on both of them? Well, I think at least one will be gone, and I think it'll likely be Koskinen since he's going to be a free agent, so you can just not yeah. resign him. Yeah, but what do you think? Smith has when you're left a little bit high up on age. What do you think? Yeah, well, I think yes, I, I agree. I think that's a risk. But again, if I had to pick one of the two that I think will be gone, I think it would be Koskinen simply because his contract is gonna is gonna run out. I, I of course I share the concerns about how Smith has played as well, though he did have a good yeah. game yesterday. I, I thought he matched Anderson. I don't he think did. that one came down to goaltending. Yeah. All right, man. Thank you, you. Which guy? Well, which guy do you think is going to well, be? Well, I, 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 I would think uh, I would do both, and then, and then this summer try and get two, you know, one decent and one good backup at a decent price, I guess. But might hard to do. But I think this summer should be doable. I think. Well, Skin, I think Skinner is going to be on the team. Yeah, I, I good think point. you make a good. I think you make a good point. Could Koskinen be unsigned? Could Mike Smith be bought out? traded uh does he retire yeah. i don't know about that i mean i wouldn't retire if i was still going to get two million dollars uh, <laughs> right but, so uh, but, but but skinner could be the backup but then you get a really good one this summer because we need a really good first stringer we haven't had a first stringer in a couple years so we need a good stringer right first string yeah well since i mean really since how talbot played in 16 17 was the last time had the Oilers had a true top tier goaltender i mean yeah. he was excellent that season so yeah good thanks, point Cam. all right Reed. thanks buddy Okay, that is Cam checking in, 780-496-0063. We will, uh, yeah, we got uh, Luke Gazdick coming up. Like I said, going to be fun to talk to him. Some uh, Elks news as well. They have signed Martavis Bryant, who was uh, pretty good in the NFL for a little bit of time, but he is uh, now 30. He has not played football since 2018 he was with the Argos last year never reported well he actually wasn't with the Argos last year he was signed by the Argos never reported to training camp he also missed a year of his uh, NFL career for violating the uh, substance abuse rules so a bit of a checkered pass for Bryant but uh, some pretty spectacular plays when he was uh, doing well in the NFL Steelers from 14 to 17 also spent a year with the Oakland Raiders 630 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 630 Chad.